Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have never been one to follow celebrities. I just haven't. You may have caught on to that when... I occasionally slaughter the name of a famous actor or actress here on, on the podcast. And, and I'm, I'm pretty selective about the movies that I'm willing to pay money for to go see in the theater. Recently, though, we found a great little theater near us that has $5 Tuesdays, where all the movies, first runs or not, are only $5 all day long on Tuesday. Now, we have been uh, a little more willing to shell out for the theater experience and and even buy a tub of popcorn and a pink lemonade sometimes <laughs> because of this. And, it, and it's been nice. Nice not to have to shell out $100 for a family of four to, to see a movie that turns out to be a stinker or something, right? Well, the last two movies that we have seen have been pretty good movies. And, and I've been pleasantly surprised that they stayed away from the political correctness that just seems to have perpetuated Hollywood for, you know, for years now. But this has not always been the case. Look at many of last year's movies, for example. Uh, in, in an article by Christian Toto um, back last December in HollywoodInToto.com, he says that Hollywood knows how to send the message. But it sure can be slow reading them. <laughs> the industry cranked out a volley of anti-war movies during President George W. Bush's presidency. The movies slammed the Iraqi war, the president, and even U.S. soldiers fighting overseas. Each bombed at the box office. Some in spectacular fashion. <laughs> now, eventually, the industry realized... It should stop making movies that publicly clearly are are not wanted. (laughs) And over time, a a few pro-military movies like Lone Survivor and and American Sniper reached the theaters. They were both hits with, with Sniper amassing a remarkable, get this, $350 million statewide, stateside. Now, something similar is happening regarding the new woke Hollywood. The industry has cranked out a bevy of of progressive reboots and sequels and and remakes and originals in in recent years. Uh, Think Charlie's Angels, Longshot, uh, Late Night, Booksmart, uh, Terminator, Dark Fate, uh, and just like that, uh, West Side Story, No Time to Die. I mean, some of these films were as woke as advertised and others featured an aggressively woke marketing campaign, but the content itself didn't really fully reflect the framing. The W007 film, uh, uh, not time to die uh, or no time to die is, is a, is a prime example. Each, each entry has proven to various degrees unsuccessful. Uh, no Time to Die scored well overseas, but saw its box office fortunes droop statewide uh, and compared to recent Bond outings. And just like that, 
has earned some brutal reviews following its December 9th debut, while co-star Cynthia Nixon essentially mocked the source material in, in press interviews. Uh, West Side Story earned an uh, anemic $10.5 million during its opening weekend, far below expectations given the, you know, the IP uh, involved as well as the, the man behind the camera, it, which is which was, of course, Oscar winner uh, Steven Spielberg. The film's media push focused on the film's precise racial casting. <laughs> I mean, if that's your selling point, anyway. It also uh, focused on the lack of, of English subtitles for select uh, Spanish language scenes and, and pushing past images of, of the source material. The media, as it always does, amplifies the woke messaging. Uh, the, the newest, uh, Terminator and Charlie's Angels films, both box office duds, essentially crushed by the respective franchises. Uh, they, they, they just absolutely um, put an end to those, to those franchises. Now, woke marketing often alienates moviegoers. It's not the only factor behind all these duds, but it clearly played a role. And Hollywood has no intention of stopping. If, if you look at, uh, for instance, Barbara Broccoli, uh, who oversees the lucrative James Bond franchise, went 100% woke in a recent interview. Now, Broccoli asked by uh, uh, a podcaster if the next Bond actor would be non-binary, suggested uh, that that casting choice wasn't out of the question. So, so can you imagine a non-binary James Bond? I just, I, I don't see that being successful. Uh, but here's, here's what she said, quote, who knows? I think it's, it's open. You know, we just have to find the right actor. Uh, this is what producer, uh, told the producer told Anna Smith on the girl on film podcast. Now the response may have, you know, prevented a wave of social media rage from the usual suspects, or it reflects the future of the franchise. One that may be, may, may, one that may has as shredded fans, um, you know, their, their view of the, of the W 007 James Bond series, uh, with, you know, progressive marketing or things like that. Now, we still don't know who the next James Bond actor will be, meaning the franchise needs to retain its core base above all because it's waning, it's losing fans. Uh, and those comments that we heard from their producers, well, they hardly do the trick in trying to revive things. Meanwhile, the next iteration of the classic Snow White character may be Hard to recognize, actually. According to the uh, starlet uh, attached to the project, uh, Rachel uh, Zegler, who um, she's she's from the the West Side Story alum cast as as the main character now uh, in this Snow White, assured BuzzFeed the the new version would reflect modern times. Quote: There's not much I can say about it besides the fact that Snow White has constantly been criticized even though she's the original disney princess and we love her so much 
but criticized for existing solely for the for a prince, existing solely to be rescued. <laughs> I think that our director, Mark Webb, and someone who's working on this film has really taken her narrative and turned it into something that's a lot stronger. And I'm very, very excited to be a part, uh, be, being able to bring that to life, unquote. <laughs> now, I don't, I, I, she says that Snow White's been criticized. I've never heard of a criticism that she was saved by a prince. But that, again, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hang around in, in those type of woke <laughs> type, type of, of uh, communities. So uh, another one here, Amazon's, Recent Cinderella update proved so aggressively woke, even liberal film critics trashed it. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> Will the new Snow White suffer the same fate? Well, it sounds like it might. And more importantly, when will Hollywood studios and, and marketers and stars realize that pushing a woke agenda may, in fact, push audiences far, far away? <laughs> So, so let's look at last year's woke movie list and, and let's, let's see how they did. Let's, let's see what, what happened with them. Well, in an article by, from Breitbart, David in, uh, wrote last December, uh, that, that every, everything woke turns to, uh, poop. <laughs> this is, this was actually a quote from former president Donald Trump. <laughs> he said last year, um, nowhere is this more true than in Hollywood, where the public's rejection of woke movies can be measured in the tens of millions of dollars that studios are losing at the box office. Uh, no matter how hard the the left wing Hollywood pushes wokeism, and their uh, and their allies in the entertainment media insist we like it, the the American public isn't having it anymore sending a clear and, you know, just, just an absolute clear message with their wallets. Will Hollywood learn its lesson? Eh, of course not, <laughs> but, but that's their problem. And it's, and it's a part of the fun. Uh, last year, woke Hollywood movies tanked left and right as audiences wary of paying for a social justice lecture decided to stay away. Here are seven of the wokest box office bombs of the year. Now, keep in mind, Hollywood blockbusters often need to gross well north of twice their production budget to break even as the box office. Now, due, due to promotional expenses that aren't really figured into the budget figures, that's what they shoot for. That, that whatever their budget to make the movie, it has to make at least double that and really more than that in order to break even most of the time, depending on how much marketing they do and that type of thing. So let's take, let's take a look at them. Number one, West Side Story. Estimated production budget, $100 million. Worldwide gross so far, $36.6 million. Now I actually looked, looked into this because again, this, this article is from December. So it's about six months ago or so. Um, and as of the end of April, the numbers that came in has it at about 76 million. Now that isn't even up to the hundred million that it cost to make the money in the first place. Steven Spielberg went full woke by not including English subtitles in Spanish language scenes, um, saying that 
and this is what he said. He, he said that he uh, did not want to give, quote, English the power over the Spanish, unquote. How weird is that, right? Actress Rachel Zegler uh, further alienated audiences uh, by shaming Americans who don't speak Spanish. The, the mainstream media pushed this one, this one really hard, this movie. But moviegoers everywhere refused to, to fall for it. And that's a good thing. It bombed miserably. Now, how about the Eternals? Um, the estimated production uh, budget was $200 million. I mean, that's a big movie. And worldwide growth so far, $400 million. So it basically didn't make any money. It lost a little bit. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of uh, media coverage and, and marketing for this one. So, yeah, this one lost millions. Disney's Marvel woke superhero dud featured a radically diverse cast, a, a deaf character, and a gay kiss between two male characters. China has so far denied it a release date, which also hurt the movie uh, at the worldwide box office. So even China was like, no, we're not allowing that one in. <laughs> the uh, the number three here, the, the, the last duel uh, estimated production uh, cost $100 million and worldwide gross so far, $30.5 million. Ouch. Ridley Scott's medieval epic uh, starring Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck, and Adam Driver incorporated woke gender politics by embracing the, quote, Me Too movement and hiring a female screenwriter to add an uh, anachronistic feminist uh, perspective to the Affleck Damien penned screenplay. So, I mean, they, they intentionally tried to do this. They hired people to, 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 to put that in there and man, did it hurt. Number four in the Heights, uh, estimated production budget, $55 million worldwide gross so far, 43.9 million. <laughs> the, the musical celebration of Hispanic culture was supposed to be a smash hit, but tanked with audiences. Uh, what about uh, immigration? Well, one character reportedly raps about it. <laughs> uh, politicians be hating. Racism in this nation's gone from uh, uh, latent to blatant. Uh, enough said. That's, that's all I need to, to, to say on that one. Uh, obviously, it tanked. Nobody else uh, saw it. I'm sure you didn't either. So anyway, here's, the, here's Space Jam, though. A, a new legacy. This is a movie that uh, had an estimated budget of 150 million and worldwide gross so far 162.8 million. Now, this is the NBA uh, star LeBron James's movie and and he's taken a series of increasingly anti-police positions. The pro-China athlete uh, even even threatened the uh, Ohio State police officer who who shot teenager uh, Micaiah Bryant in order to protect the the an, another young girl and he threatened him with this you're next this is what james tweeted along with a photo of the officer uh, audience stayed away in droves from this one and this one again i mean it it was marketed all over the place and yet still managed to bomb uh, how about no time to die it had an estimated budget uh, production budget of 250 million dollars and worldwide gross so far 774 million now daniel craig's last outing as 007 
could lose as much as $100 million uh, to, to marketing expenses and, and costs related to its, its uh, uh, repeated pandemic-related delays. Now, the movie uh, embraced woke identity politics by creating a black female 007 character and, and, and making the character Q a gay man. <laughs> the, the filmmaker, Kerry uh, uh, Fukunaka, uh, he he smeared the the movie's franchise by implying Sean Connery's James Bond was a racist. Really? <laughs> just, uh, they don't get it. All right, number seven. Estimated production budget more than one million dollars. So it's it was not a a huge budget there, but the worldwide gross so far eight hundred twenty thousand. So Sean Penn's latest. Uh, directorial effort was a small-scale indie production that never found an audience. Penn has uh, spent the the past year publicly advocating for vaccine mandates, even going so far as to shame unvaccinated moviegoers. So they just said, "Okay, fine, we won't see your movie." <laughs> but but so you know, so much for last year. Well, we are over halfway through this year now, and has Hollywood learned its lesson? Well. Maybe uh, Lightyear flop is a sign audiences are weary of Hollywood wokeness. Now, this is an article from Kyle Smith of the New York Post, and he says that Hollywood was founded by and for generations run by pure showmen who were fanatically devoted to giving the audience what it wanted. Today, Hollywood's message is, let us entertain you. But first, a brief lecture on what's wrong with you, the audience. <laughs> and I would agree with that. Uh, artists and entertainment uh, corporations have have always been, you know, desperate to be taken seriously. Hence, their need to manufacture uh, respectability via awards given out by highfalutin, you know, August-sounding institutions such as the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences sciences i mean you guys are creating pretty pictures you're not curing cancer <laughs> come on <laughs> the, the oscars originally went to went to box office giants uh you know the glossy romantic dramas and swaggering historical epics uh, then the movie industry divided into award awards pictures and audience pictures in the past few years even the audience pictures have started to fill up with you know reminders about racism and feminism and immigration and that type of thing, and and these are important matters, but but people go to the movies primarily to escape. One reason Top Gun Maverick is such a huge success, the biggest movie of Tom Cruise's career and probably the biggest movie of the year, is that it simply ignores all quarrelsome real world issues. I mean, Top Gun Maverick seeks merely to entertain, not to persuade you that the people who made it are virtuous. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other hand, Disney's much-touted Lightyear came out and did surprisingly poorly after a lot of, you know, week of release talk about the lesbian relationship in the film. Well, the same-sex marriage is a small part of the story, and no one should be bothered by the existence of gay people, uh, even in the in the kids' movie. In, in the kids' movies, this is what this this guy is saying. But the shocking underperformance must have Disney wondering whether people stayed away because 
they thought even if mistakenly that Lightyear was a message movie. Well, yeah, obviously it was. I mean, Disney has even said that we're going to put something in all of our movies from now on. Now, Disney's decision to spend a couple of minutes on of screen time reminding us that it's gay-friendly, it's a gay-friendly company, <laughs> may well have cost it millions in ticket sales uh, for what was supposed to be an annual Pixar mega blo- uh, blockbuster. Now, Disney ha- has to consider the idea that there might be many Pixar fans who have, you know, no problem with gay marriage or something, but uh, who nevertheless would prefer the matter to be left out of their kids' movies, right? Disney also chose to side with the Florida uh, dispute about teaching sexual orientation to little kids, and it may have damaged one of the most world, the wor- world's most valuable brands. And I, I would say it definitely did. And along with not just that, but I mean, they have made some terrible decisions. We, we did an entire uh, podcast basically on, on that one thing. Now, James Patterson, the, the quintessential um, the, of the popular writer who, who, who doesn't care about sending a message, was swamped with criticism when he suggested that white male writers in Hollywood are victims of just another form of racism. Um, but, you know, every producer in Hollywood is, is, is loudly proclaiming his commitment to uh, inclusivity. I mean, which is another way of, of saying that he is desperate to hire people other than non-handicapped straight white males. So, I mean, if you're a non-handicapped straight white male in Hollywood right now, good luck guy, <laughs> you know, good luck getting any work right now. Uh, the, the TV networks are proudly announcing new requirements that, well, like for instance, with at CBS, at least 50% of staff writers must be members of minority groups. And once hired, such staff members often push for stories about pressing social problems and issues and things like that. Well, what's the result of that? Well, a British TV survey found that 62% of viewers think Political, political correctness has gone too far. Now, <laughs> this is what it says. It says, quote, I'm in a lot of meetings now where people tell me this will never be uh, on because it's not woke enough, unquote. <laughs> that's, that's observations uh, from Egyptian-born British comedy writer and producer Ash Atta. Uh, now, the polling shows TV producers are much more interested in uh, foregrounding issues such as uh, transgender rights than the, than the British public, which is notably more politically correct than, than Americans are, right? Uh, in the U.S., a poll focusing on the entertainment industry found that 65% agree that corporate wokeness has gone too far. It's amazing that members of the entertainment industry often refer to it as the industry, <laughs> as though they, they have forgotten that, that, that most important word. With, with, with the collapse of Netflix stock price, Disney box office headache, and, and, and the revival of Top Gun, uh, Hollywood executives uh, must be wondering whether their progressive politics have amounted to a kind of self-imposed woke tax, <laughs> don't you think? But, but those are two totally different types of movies, if, if you think about it. And, and you may be saying that exact thing to yourself. I mean, Top, Top Gun Maverick and Lightyear are targeted at different types of audiences. And, 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 
and to compare the two, you know, it might be unfair. Well, okay, you might be right. So let's make a closer comparison then. And from Breitbart uh, here back on the 3rd of July, um, John uh, Nolte, he wrote this. He says, we now have a perfect dollar to dollar comparison to prove how much Americans hate Hollywood's fascist woke tartary. <laughs> I kind of like that word, woke tartary. <laughs> I might use that in the coming podcast. We'll see. Anyway, uh, over three days, Minions, The Rise of Gru, the fifth title in the Despicable Me franchise and a prequel, is expected to gross one. $109.5 million. And I, I actually checked this. Currently, it's over $200 million globally. Now, over three weeks instead of three days, Lightyear, the fifth title in the Toy Story franchise and a prequel, has grossed just $106 million. So, get this. In three days, Minions will have grossed more than Lightyear and ha- that, that, that Lightyear has in three weeks. In three days, it'll have grossed more than Lightyear in three weeks. So what's the difference between the two? Well, Minions, which will make a fortune, cost $85 million to produce. Lightyear, which will lose a fortune, cost $200 million. That's more, and, and, and really what's more, I would argue that at least until now, the Toy Story franchise was really more iconic and, and beloved and, and, and seen by the public as a cut above the Despicable Me franchise. Now, I mean, I like them both, but, uh, but you know, to the public, that's where they saw it. There's, there's no question the Toy Story franchise, at least until now, made more money than Despicable Me, both are insanely popular, but Toy Story was, and I repeat, was treated by the public as something special. We all know what the real difference is, though. Lightyear is a woke-tard movie, the latest piece of gay propaganda from Disney's groomers, a movie with a same-sex kiss that, number one, makes a 90% of the population uncomfortable, and number two, introduces small kids to adult sexuality before those small kids are, you know, ready to start thinking about such things. Minions is, per the reviews, 87 minutes of simply escapism, silliness, goofy jokes, and and fun. You know, farts and all kinds of stuff, right? Why do we go to movies? More specifically, children's movies. Do we go to be uncomfortable and have our children, children's innocence destroyed before they're ready? Or do we go to escape the debates and the pressures and the strain and, and arguments of, of real life for a couple of hours of, of, of escape and magic? Top Gun Maverick, which is stridently anti-woke, has been out for six weeks as of the, the, the writing of this and is still the number two movie in the country, and it's on its way to 600 million domestic gross. And again, I checked on this as well. As of last month, it was 900 million globally is how much that movie has made. Wow. (laughs) 
it's it's also a terrific movie that celebrates masculinity, getting the job done, the importance of fathers, the fidelity to duty, and and living a life dedicated to something bigger than yourself. How about Elvis? Is is another uh, non woke hit, um, and and it's you know been slammed by some, but but all in all, it 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 really comes out as as something that. Uh, where Elvis is celebrated for uh, for incorporating black themes and black music in, into what he did. So, dear Hollywood, if you build it, we will come. We will not, if you lecture, shame, virtue signal, preen, and target our kids for grooming. Duh, <laughs> right? And 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 I would even say that that this anti woke backlash is not limited to movies. I mean. If you look at at, for instance, um, the 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 new uh, the 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 new show Terminal List, which uh, has just come out, I just started watching it. I'm just a few episodes in. Uh, BuzzFeed called it unhinged right wing revenge fantasy, but but of course, you know, I mean, cr- critics of this thing gave it like a 37 uh, percent uh, positive when it when it came to uh, to the show, but audiences 93% on the rotten tomatoes. Now, you know, Chris Pratt, he, he's a, um, you know, he, he's, he's a, a controversial figure right now because he's been criticized, uh, for, for some by uh, being conservative and, and, and being open, uh, an open Christian. Um, but you know, it just begs the question, why does anyone pay any attention to critics? Right. I mean, when when the Obamas got hired on Netflix, all of a sudden we see the company go downhill. When when Disney is you know doing its thing, now all of a sudden we see things tanking there. I mean, it's it, you you would think that they would be getting the message by now, mm, but it doesn't look like it's going to sink in for some. So yes, we're seeing some great movies and we're seeing some good entertainment. Uh, my family has seen Top Gun Maverick and it's seen Minions. We 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 have not seen Lightyear, uh, and we have enjoyed the non woke forms of entertainment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.